Welcome to the fifth episode of the Magical Elections podcast about astrology and magic. My name is Nina Griffin, and I am a traditional astrologer and magician. This podcast is where I discuss astrological magic, favorable magical elections, and host an informal exploration of the traditional magical arts with other magicians as well as those who are magic adjacent. You can find previous episodes on your favorite podcasting platform, such as the Apple Podcasting app, or my personal favorite, the free Overcast app. You can visit my website at ninagriffin.com to read astrological articles and learn more about magical elections. I just wrote and published an extensive article about planetary days and hours, and ways that you can utilize the simple but powerful system in your daily electional work, as well as magical and talismanic rituals. It's on ninagriffin.com, one of the blog posts listed on the front page, as as of August 2019. What are magical elections? Many historic magical texts suggest that magical results are enhanced by astrologically electing the moment when the desired magical energies are at their height and performing the magical ritual at that time. In my experience, this is very much the case. However, most astrologers are not magicians, and most magicians are not astrologers. This is where I come in. Every month, I select a few auspicious dates and times and also recommend traditional materials to use for maximum magical potency, the names of the angels and spirits that should be invoked, and the magical images associated with each talisman. I also include suggestions for further reading and learning, and a magical lesson on a different topic each month. This is all included in the monthly Magical Elections PDF, which you can buy at ninagriffin.com for $15. US I will be teaching a comprehensive weekend workshop in Beijing in September 2019 on magical astrology if you are interested and in the area. In addition to a lecture, we will also make a talisman together in class. You can find out more information via the ninagriffin.com website. I am also teaching a five-week certificate class in magical elections for Kepler College starting Saturday, October 19, 2019, And the beauty of the course is that it will be online, so can be taken from wherever in the world you might be. Today, we will discuss the contents of the September issue of Magical Elections, provide a sample election from the September issue, and we'll discuss the magic of talismans and of making them with Tony Mack, an astrological magician and goldsmith. The September issue of the Magical Elections PDF is now available at ninagriffin.com. I found six elections for September. We have an election that uses Jupiter in Sagittarius, now that he's gone direct in August for wealth, success, and healing. We have three excellent lunar mansion talismans this month. One is the fifth lunar mansion, which kind of does it all. It brings help from the powerful, clairvoyant dreams, enhances memory and learning, improves relationships, and also improves buildings. It will also make you breakfast and clean your house. I may have made up those last two. We also have a talisman of the 25th Lunar Mansion, which is particularly good for the protection of plants, crops, and buildings. There's also the 11th Lunar Mansion, which has been good these last few months because that mansion's location trines Jupiter and Sagittarius, so it's a particularly good opportunity that won't last forever. This mansion brings charisma, favor, protection for travelers, and also strengthens buildings. Finally, we have two fixed star talismans, They are the fixed stars, as far as talismans are concerned. One is Regulus, the heart of the lion, which brings power, strength, and victory, although also the fall that follows pride, so be careful how you use this. The other talisman is Spica, which is the benevolent fixed star bringing wealth, nourishment, and protection.
As always, every issue features a magical lesson. This month, the lesson is about talismanic materials. We have many options open to us as magicians and can therefore think creatively, so long as we stay within the appropriate planetary or stellar symbolism. The free election for podcast listeners for September is the talisman that uses the fixed star speaker. The election is for September 29, 2019, from 8.16 to 8.19 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, set for Los Angeles, California. Wherever you are, you will want to get the same degree on the ascendant in your location, which is going to be 24 Libra, but keep an eye on the moon, which should also be applying to Venus or Mercury, but definitely not Saturn, which is sort of in the vicinity. Spica is the spike of wheat that's held by the celestial virgin, or as we know her, Virgo. Wheat is a symbol of nourishment, wealth, and the power of human skill and knowledge to survive. It's one of the few entirely good stars in the heavens, because as you study the fixed stars, you realize there aren't too many that don't use symbols of death or destruction. All the stars, including Spica, have their own special abstract glyph that you should write, draw, or engrave on your talisman, which I won't attempt to describe to you, but you can find it online or in the Magical Elections PDF. The incense to use in your ritual, according to the traditional sources, will be sage. The image is a girl or a man carrying merchandise, and this is the image you'd want to write or engrave on your talisman. The image is very important, actually essential, to talismanic magic. Almost all the different parts of ritual are negotiable, but the image is sacred and primary. So this month's election is best for paper talismans only, which tend not to last as long as the ones made from stone or metal. Um, just because the uh, Mercury, which is the focal planet of Spica, or I should say focal planet conjunct Spica, and on the ascendant is 10 degrees past the Saturn square. For me, that would be enough to make a temporary talisman, which is to be intended to be replaced one day by one where Saturn isn't in the picture, but the 10 degrees past Saturn is past the moiety of orb of Saturn, which is 4.5 degrees, and the moiety of orb of Mercury, which is 3.5 degrees, so past that 8-degree planetary orb when they are combined. I'd be interested to get your feedback if you make this talisman, and if this intrigues you, we have another fixed star election this month, Regulus, which is also described in the Magical Elections PDF. So as far as my own personal tales of magical astrology go, this past month, which would be most of August, I purchased a Jupiter talisman from Tony Mac, and I consecrated it during Jupiter hour and Jupiter's day as soon as Jupiter finally went direct. I actually held off on wearing or doing anything with a talisman until Jupiter went direct and I could do the consecration. It's pretty simple the way that I did that. I lit a candle, invoked the planetary archangel intelligence and spirit. I said the Orphic hymn to Jupiter. Uh, and I burned some appropriate incense. I think I used fig incense, as figs are a fruit of Jupiter due to their abundant sweetness and majestic trees. Now, I wore the talisman that day and noticed right away that little life things just went more easily. I was able to get the exact appointments I wanted. Other people spontaneously changed their plans in a way that worked best for me, that kind of thing. I noticed the same thing the following week, the following Thursday, when I wore the talisman on the day of Jupiter. So on that note, I did an interview with Tony Mack, the magician and goldsmith who made this talisman. I've known Tony for a few years now and have been a fan of his work. He's made a couple of talismans for me over the years, which were both beautiful and functional. One of the challenges of making talismans is that you want to really follow the old works, 
Um, and if you want to go sort of according to the letter, some goldsmithing or jewelry making experience really helps. Most of us don't have it, of course, so it's essential to find someone whom you can trust to make it at the right time in the appropriate sacred manner. Now, Tony doesn't do many interviews, so I was very happy and honored that he would talk to me about his craft. So without further ado, here is our interview. My name is Nina Griffin, and with me today is Tony Mack, magical goldsmith extraordinaire. Tony is a trained goldsmith who is unique in the profession because he makes a magically elected jewelry and talismanic um, items pretty much in the traditional manner, as you often see in books such as Picatrix and other old grimoires. Tony uh, has a website where you can see his wares at TonyMacGoldsmith.com. And today we'll talk to Tony to understand a little bit more about how he got into this very niche intersection of astrology, magic, and kind of what his own personal practices are when it comes to um, astrology and using magical elections to, uh, to improve himself and his life. All right. Hi, Tony. Hi, Nina. Good to be with you. Ah, thank you. All right. So I guess the first question I already sort of led into it. So how did you come to this very niche intersection of astrology and magic where only a few people really seem to hang out to me? And this is something that I always ask everyone who is both a magician and an astrologer. Um, you know, I'm very interested to know how you came to um, this sort of unique niche place of magic and astrology, because Obviously, there aren't that many people out there as a percentage of the population who kind of really understand and practice magic. And the same is true for astrology. And then when you look at the intersection between those two, like that little Venn diagram overlap, mm -hmm. it's a really small number of people. So I know in the past you had told me that you had um, you got into astrology in the MySpace days. You found like Austin Coppock's page and then you looked up your own chart. And I, that's probably... Um, a lot of us get into it that way. I mean, maybe, you know, involving Austin or not, but certainly you look up your own chart. That's kind of the first step, I think, for a lot of people. Now, were you into magic before this, or is that something that came after your interest in astrology? Yeah, no, I was always interested in, the, in all the kind of weird stuff and uh, uh, disparate traditions of, of magic and, of, you know, world religions, etc. So I was kind of collecting books and... Um, there was like sacred texts, that website by Joseph Peterson. And um, yeah, I, I had uh, collect Crowley books and uh, like theosophy books. I like kind of accidentally ran into a lot of these things and just kind of like started getting into it and looking at it. And um, well, what interested me the most was like the, the magician's tables and, you know, just kind of like that, uh, all those correspondences. And oh, yeah. Are you talking about like um, Skinner's book? Yeah, yeah. I had. A, I love that book. Yeah, me too. I, I had uh, Crowley's uh, 777 That's first. Right. That was my first introduction to that kind of stuff. And right. But I was never interested in the, uh, like, I wasn't that interested in the Kabbalistic correspondences, mm -hmm. the kind of one through ten in the tables. But then mm -hmm. after that, you start seeing the all the planetary correspondences come after that. And that's what I found really interesting. That's right. Uh, all the angel names and just all the super, like, esoteric like esoteric esoterica, like it's not even stuff that you would run into as a normal, well, in quotes, you know, normal person interested in magic. It's stuff that's pretty obscure in a lot yeah. of, that makes a lot of sense. Um, that's interesting. So, so you, you know, you, obviously you gained some astrology knowledge and then you had, and we're clearly building all this magical knowledge too. 
Um, what do you think prompted you to be like, hey, what I really should do is, is start electing the times for these talismans? Like, did you read the Picatrix or did you take Chris Warnock's course? You know, like what kind of gel? Yeah. I actually had uh, no idea about electional astrology or the talismanic aspect of astrology for a while. And so, I, you know, I was interested in astrology and certain magic, but I had no idea where they came together. Right. Uh, for a while. So um, it was, wasn't until after I graduated from high school and then went to school in Manhattan to learn the metalsmithing and goldsmithing work uh, and started doing some of that stuff. That's actually when Austin reached out to me because he had some uh, interesting projects and he needed he thought he could use uh, uh, my metalsmithing skills to help him with a few things. And then he introduced me to that whole venue. And right. uh, he was like, you know, you got to get the Picatrix and and then it was like, oh, man, this is really good stuff. This is like what I was waiting for. You know? Yeah. No, I, I, I completely understand. You know, I don't know how many people nowadays, you know, get into astrology immediately knowing that there is an application in magic. It's not obvious. Right. And yeah. Yeah. And I think if you're coming from that 20th century tradition, as most of us are, it, it's not something you're taught. So unless you run into that later, maybe through an interest in magic or, you know, a friend tells you or, you know, whatever, it's it's not it's not an obvious link, even though historically it was a very clear link that people would make. So here you are, like making your astrological talismans. And I should probably point out that I think not all the jewelry and tal well, talismans, yes, but not all the jewelry you make is astrologically elected, right? I mean, you also make like normal mundane jewelry. Um, yes, that's exactly right. what I call it too. The mundane, the mundane work. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Which is, it doesn't mean it's less. It just doesn't mean that it, you know, it's not your little talismanic friend. Okay. So you, it sounds like you kind of got into it and you learned a lot about the, um, the process. So did you, I assume you, at some point you probably started making talismans like for yourself or maybe just to try out what it was like. Is that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, my first astrological talisman proper was um, a project with Austin and that was like, that was a Saturn and Libra piece. Um, and then after that, yeah, I, I started experimenting myself a little bit using other people's elections at first. Sure. And um, and a few uh, mishaps, a few experiments, <laughs> some mishaps here and there. It's required. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Can you share like an early talisman that you did, or something that was particularly memorable, even if you know good or bad or? Let's see. Yeah, there's a. Uh, I, I've told this story before, but it always comes to mind, and that's a uh, a Mars and Scorpio piece that I did. And I was just like, wanted to, it was my first Mars piece. And, um, uh, the election looked really great to me. It just like to my eyes, then it seemed like it was just going to be the most, the most badass, powerful Mars talisman. <laughs> and it's, uh, it, it was, it had a few things, if more than a few things wrong with it. The moon was in an opposition. First of all, there was some other, other things, but so yeah, it turned out pretty nasty. It, uh, well, first of all, it, it started like going missing. I would lose it. And then I would have these like paranoid, like crazy fits where I would be looking for it and thinking like who would have taken it, who, who was in my house kind of thing. Like, And it's not something you'd normally do, it sounds like. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and uh, my girlfriend and I were having had this crazy argument when I had finished it and took it upstairs to show her. They were like out of the blue, like really weird. It was just weird energy came up. There was like nothing in particular that, that set it off. It just kind of happened that way. Wow. And a few other things happened. Like while I had it, it was, I had like some pipes in my house, like erupted and started leaking. Some, and somebody brought something to my house 
which I won't get too much into, but it could have got me into a lot of trouble kind of thing. It was just, right, right, I had, right. yeah, it was really not, not great, but uh, I, I disposed of that, took yes. care of that problem. Yes, you, you, you got to learn. I, I think we've all made talismans early on where you're like, you, you know, because I think as a beginner, you get so focused on one particular factor, like, you know, say Mars is in Scorpio or like whatever planet is on some magical fixed star that you sort of lose sight of all the other issues and, you know, and yeah, you can create stuff that you're kind of um, unwittingly cursing yourself. So it's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Say it's more easy to to create something that's that's nasty than yeah than to make something that's uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's probably true. Once it happens once or twice, I think you get a lot more cautious. So yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah, and, uh, and then I started like doing some some peer review. Started sharing my elections with people who are definitely more experienced than myself. Yeah. Like the, in the old, uh, what was it? That Facebook group, the Picatrix Assembly. Yeah. So like uh, uh, Grisa and, and Cliff Lowe, they definitely right. helped me out a big time. Yeah, it's a big help to have somebody because then when you see a few good ones, you, it really kind of puts you on a better path, and I think it really empowers you to you know to do a better job in the future. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It also helps to uh, to hear other people's stories and and, uh, and right. learn from their mistakes too. That's always a good. You don't thing. have to do it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right. So, more recently, is there like a special talisman that you made this year or or recently, um, whether commercially or for your own use? Anything particularly unique or special or or memorable? Yeah, there's been a few uh, within the past year. I started. Um, doing a lot of projects with uh, Caitlin Kopak mm-hmm. with uh, Sphere and Sundry project. And there's been some really uh, interesting and unusual elections that we've done that I, would, I wouldn't have done otherwise that have turned out really pretty, pretty amazing. One was a, a moon, in Pi- moon in Pisces conjunct Neptune, which is rather unusual, but it's, it's uh, something really special to me. Um, there's... So anyway, yeah, Moon yeah. and Pisces conjunct Neptune. Um, the, the, immediately after I made them, I, I noticed that I would be sitting at my workbench and all of these Moon and Pisces talismans I had completed and they were kind of like off to the side. And I would be sitting at my desk working and I would have these like, I would sink into this space where I would, I would like sink into these like past dream places, oh, like okay. dreams that I've had like years and years ago, like when I was a child even. And, and uh, sure. from the, from then on and these like really um yeah it was it just really took me there and, and it's it's uh it's been really valuable to me because I feel like I've almost feel like I've reclaimed like inner space and so I started charting out these places and I kind of have this weird like uh like middle earth map looking thing that uh-huh. I created of, of yeah. these of these dream spaces and yeah. now I kind of use these in like um like a like meditational setting like sure. a, a journeying thing can kind of explore these these places and it's like it kind of feels like getting a piece of yourself back you know like you always um, it was there but now you sort of have an image for it yeah yeah it, it's super interesting it's not what I expected I'm not sure exactly what I expected um but not this yeah yeah like we were talking about the election and the intent was uh like improved dream recollection I haven't had like uh, any like kind of like remarkably lucid dream experiences but mm-hmm. It's it's funny because like in my waking state, that's when it's when it's really affecting. Yeah, super cool. I love them. Yeah. I, I keep I keep it near my workbench now, all mm-hmm. the time. And that's every cool. once in a while, it'll just kind of like click. 
there kind of reminds me of like uh, Giordano Bruno's uh, right. me- memory yeah. palace type deal. Right. Yeah, we did um, a Regulus one too earlier right. in the year, and that was a really that was really cool one. I had yeah. some like uh, ritual bleed beforehand. Oh wow! Which was really cool. Like um, yeah. I just recently moved into uh, my new house, and as I was like kind of gearing up to get those going, someone gifted me two eighty-pound stone lions to put in front of my house which was just perfect you know but that's that's what you get you know these these kind of like crazy synchronicities one of the things you had mentioned before we um when we were emailing about this this um interview is that you had been waiting for jupiter and sagittarius for a while um in order to make a talisman which makes sense jupiter mm-hmm. in his domicile or exaltation very often it's obviously just three years out of 12 total right so it, it's not frequent. Um, is there anything that you're currently looking forward to in terms of an election um, and why? Like, are you waiting for, I don't know, Saturn and Aquarius or, or anything that you're kind of, you know, is out there on your horizon as a talismanic option? Pisces, Jupiter and Pisces. Yeah. Um, in 2021, I think it's going to like slip in, but then it's going to retrograde back out. Right. It'll go back in in January 2022. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Personally, just because like that's my natal Jupiter, so oh, that's I gonna, see. That's going to be fun, and uh, oh, I'm excited to to get some some more fixed stars under my belt. Um, heck, maybe even the Jupiter Saturn conjunction in Aquarius. Why not? Hey, that'd be kind of cool, you know. Don't you think? Because yeah, comes around I mean, if you're gonna do a Jupiter or you're gonna do a Saturn in Aquarius, might as well have that uh, Jupiter there too. A right? little levity, yeah. I I've been uh, putting off doing a Saturn in Cap one. I've been like preparing forever, mm-hmm. but the time just didn't come before this retrograde. But to, so now, now's the time. I gotta, I gotta lock it in if I'm gonna get it. Otherwise, so let's talk a little bit about your process. So, what types of elections are you particularly drawn to? And I guess this could pertain to your jewelry or elections in general. It doesn't have to all be, you know, talismanic related. Like, do you like fixed stars? Are you a Jupiter fan? Do you have like seven different Mars talismans? You know, what what do you like? I like Venus talismans. I like Mars talismans as well. As far as planetary, those are my two faves, I think. But uh, yeah, I've just been getting more and more into the fixed stars. I just really find them fascinating. And the experience is always really kind of weird, but in an awesome way. They're, it's, it's always surprising. So how do you select images for your talismans? Obviously, you can go by whatever Picatrix says. But, you know, Picatrix, for example, will have five different images for a particular planet. I love the yeah. catalogs of images. The images are, are one of my favorite aspects uh, naturally but yeah you know i just i kind of go through the list look at the election and kind of think well what is this selection going to be for you look at the chart and say well what is this where is this going and then well like for instance say you're going to do a venus there's there's an image of venus um of a woman riding a stag with her hair parted <laughs> and she's holding flowers you know and that's going to have a different um it's not the same as uh the image of a naked woman with like a chain around her neck being held by Mars. Yes, that is you a know what I mean? different vibe. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah de- definitely a different vibe. So, if you you know, it, one might be great for going to uh, a party or get together and having a great time with people, you know. That might be what you're looking for rather than, you know, someone not being able to eat or sleep without thinking about you, <laughs> you know. Right. Kind of your so, compelling magic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, you, like, yeah. I did uh, some Jupiter ones earlier this year, so... With Sphere and Sundry, we did a Jupiter's Bounty series, and that was focused on the accumulation of goods and comfort, kind of bringing out those good things out. 
So I did like the image of like four angels lifting the seated man mm-hmm. on a throne who's praying and kind of added like some grapevines, fruit, this sort of thing. Yes. And then the Jupiter talismans I did later this year, I wanted to go for. Yeah, I mean, I think of it as, you know, Jupiter, who's like the the kind of all-seeing father figure. There is Jupiter, who's like the philandering, you know, women-chasing uh, god. There's Jupiter, the giver of bounty. I mean, there's just so mm-hmm. many different aspects to all these different planets. And I can imagine that the different images might evoke different parts, you know, different aspects or facets of, of any planet, really. Right. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Do you ever make up images or are you pretty close to like whatever you see in the book you're, you're striving? At this point, I'm still going by the book just because I, I haven't explored them all, you know. I feel like yeah. I'd love to like do my own images and occasionally I will, but mm-hmm. um, usually I just want to uh, stick as close as I can to the material. Because I'm still, you know, this is still an experiment for me. Like, so it's I'm an- trying to, uh, yes, yeah, trying to work it all out. So but um, I'll um, I'll take like parts of different images sometimes, and I'll do like a uh, composite image of of, mm-hmm. of, of very disparate parts. Yeah, that works out pretty well usually. Yes, no, that makes sense. I mean, as long as you have the symbolism, you know, I feel like you don't necessarily have to go with exactly what's in the book as long as it makes symbolic sense for the kind of planet that you're working with. Yeah. For the fixed stars, it's a little trickier because I sometimes I don't know how the images exactly relate to it. Um, yeah, they're, you know, sometimes that can be a little more obscure for me. Yeah, they don't always give you a whole lot to, to, to work with with, with mm-hmm. the uh, fixed star images, and that's kind of an exciting part. Right. So with Regulus, I'll just, you know, I'm obviously a lion's head comes to mind. Sure. But you'll, you'll, I'll use things like crowns or a wreath of laurel, that kind of stuff. So when you make pieces, do you have any special rituals um, around that or, or during that process that you do? Um, it seems like that would be an opportunity to, to do that, but I don't know enough about the goldsmithing process to know whether that's really doable or realistic. Oh, sure, yeah. Sometimes, like if it's a planetary talisman, I'll usually initiate like the wax carving, the modeling process on on the appropriate planetary hour. Uh, sometimes I'll I'll start working on those pieces every day on that planetary hour. A lot of the times I'll take the materials that I have to different places. Like I'll, I'll carry the materials I'm going to use for the talisman around with me. So for the Saturn and Cap talismans I'm going to be making, I have some pyramid cut onyx and some goat femur bones that I've been taking with <laughs> as me. As one uh, does, yes. Yeah, as one does. <laughs> uh, I've, I've been taking them with me on these hikes up to this uh, uh, mountain near where I live. So that's uh-huh. kind of, like, kind of take, taking the materials, the material on these like little pilgrimages, something I like to do. Yeah, well, and a mountain particularly, especially if you're hiking, is a very Saturn um, and Capricorn kind of experience. It is, it is. And there's these uh, mating, mated pair of vultures that I get to see up there every time I go. So it's kind of special, yeah. And for Jupiter, I go to a fountain, throw, throw a little bit of silver in the wishing well kind of thing. I was curious with talismans you particularly wear most often and why. It sounds like it's probably Venus and Mars. And I'm curious, why do you think that resonates with you? You know, is it because of kind of the artistic work that you do, which certainly would have a Venus tint to it. But then, of course, Mars is 
very closely associated with all kinds of smiths, including goldsmiths. Mm -hmm. So it seems like that would be a natural um, association for you as well. You know, can you speak to, you know, kind of what energies you, you kind of get out of it from, from being around these talismans? Well, Venus, I, I actually wear that. That's, that's a piece I wear when I go out. I just like to, when I go out and socialize, whether it's with family or friends, it just kind of really brings out the joy for me. Yeah. I have a, actually have a debilitated Venus. It definitely helps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people, if they have like a debilitated planet, and I'm talking mostly about benefics here, like somebody who might have mm-hmm. debilitated Venus or Jupiter, they might be hesitant about wearing talismans for those planets because you don't necessarily want to amplify the debility, right? Mm-hmm. But it sounds like what, what you've experienced is that it actually enhances your, your natal Venus, even though it's natally debilitated. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, my Venus has some reception that helps it out mm-hmm. a little bit. But yeah, it's, uh, I'd say you just have yeah. to, it's something I think you have to work through a little bit. At first, it might bring up some, uh, some of the issues that you do have. But I feel like if you can kind of get over that hump, then no, oh, you know what else is interesting? You, you uh, were asking about um, interesting uh, talismans that I made mm-hmm. in the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did um, the Ras Al Ghul, which is a fixed oh, yeah. star, not one of the Bahanians, but uh, it was called the Asclepius series. So it was it was uh, focused on healing. Mm-hmm. And I had a like a kind of like a bit of a, a health crisis right afterwards, and um, it, it turned out well though. But I, I like had some inflammation mm-hmm. that I couldn't figure out what was going on. And right. this had been going on actually for quite a while. Oh. And, uh, oh yeah. Well, so the first thing was I've, I'd been a smoker for 15 years. And so immediately and, and suddenly just couldn't tolerate it anymore. Like, wow. and I, and I, I didn't, I had no intention of quitting either, but I just like couldn't handle it. It made me like Super ill if I had a cigarette. So I kicked those, like, right away, which was great. But the uh, issue with the inflammation, I was, like, it got to a point where I was just, like, desperate. But after I did the uh, Asclepius pieces, I um, I went to bed and I had a dream. This was, like, right after I made it. Um, I had a dream. I wasn't sure what the dream was, but I, all I know is I woke up and I realized that it was... I had yeah. no problems in, in my mouth uh-huh. that I was aware of. Like, there was no discomfort. It was really unusual, but I went uh, and got that taken care of and that solved the problem. It is really remarkable. I mean, and I didn't think of it at the time, but the whole deal with Asclepius is they would go to the temple of Asclepius and go to sleep there, and that would give them the answer or heal them outright. So that was really kind of something remarkable. That's right. You don't even yeah. need to go to the temple, possibly. It came it's to awesome. head in order to be resolved. And which which fixed star was it that, that it was? Um... I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but Ras Algo, and it's a uh, an Ophiuchus constellation. Yeah, it's, oh, Beta Ophiuchi, I believe. I see. I see. Yeah. The fixed stars can have a, I don't want to say a malefic effect, because that's clearly not what you experienced, but mm-hmm. they're always pleasant, and they will kind of, you know, they will take the shot. I know, I know what you mean. I feel like you know? they might be... Like it's an alien yes. feeling or experience, which isn't necessarily bad, but can be unsettling, maybe. Right, a little harsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's exactly right, and that's why, you know, I'm always thinking about there are ways, like even the Bohemian fixed stars. So, for example, Al Gol, which is at 26 Taurus. Yeah. 
Um, it's considered probably the most malefic fixed star in general. It represents the decapitated head of Medusa. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can use it as a protective, um, a so-called apotropaic um, yeah. talisman, right? Um, and of course, historically, people would put the head of Medusa on their shields. I mean, there's all these like old Greek shields. Yeah, that, on the yeah. shield or on the breastplate. On yeah. the breastplate, yeah. And so, but still, you always wonder, right? You're like, is, you know, can I really just make sure that this energy is deflected outward? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's, yeah, no, I know exactly what I you I had mean. an interesting experience with Algol once. We were living, when I was living in an apartment, yeah. uh, not, not too far from here, but I wasn't in quite as nice of a neighborhood, but we had these, like, um, extremely loud and obnoxious uh, neighbors across the street. Yeah. And, like, they had, like, a toilet seat out front of their oh, house. Just at the toad, right? Just chilling, like, as, yeah. like, a decoration. <laughs> like, a, like I think they planted flowers in it once, and then it just kind of was there. But anyway, they, they would be, just be so loud, so obnoxious, and they would fight and just scream at each other all the time. Oh, wow. And then uh, there was, like, some bad energy uh, coming our way from them. And after I did the an algal piece for a client just kind of for for the hell of it i put it on the side of my house facing their house and i think they were either evicted or moved within like a week after that it was pretty crazy and i'm I, not saying you know it's, it's yeah. i'm not saying that's that's why but it's, it's kind of something to take note that's and it makes you wonder like how this is something i wonder how how does the I guess if you would say the intelligence or the spirit of the talisman know where the aggression or where the ill will is coming from, you know, that's, it's, it's a mystery. It is. And often, you know, I wonder if uh, this wasn't obviously the case here, but you know, to the extent that it, imagine that you created an algal talisman and imagine that you as well had some aggression within you, right? It, it, yeah. So I wonder if it would have acted on you in some way as well. So it's, as you say, it sort of gets to the heart of the situation, whether you consciously want to own it or not. Do you find that even when you make a talisman for clients, let's say it's a talisman you don't keep or like you don't, you know, you don't have a copy of your own. Does that impact you as well? Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much every, pretty much every time. Yeah, there's kind of no getting around it. So I'm, I'm <laughs> so I'm careful. I'm, I don't take every every commission. No, that makes sense. Yeah. You don't yeah. you take the Mars opposite Saturn and Capricorn and Cancer like evil talisman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no thanks. I think yeah. I'll pass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's not often. It's no. it's very rare. I think I've maybe only turned down a handful. Yeah, five or less, I'd say. Yeah. Well, you just you just kind of know when people come with you and right come at you with a project, and you can kind of you get a feeling for for their their intent and right what it's all about, and then you see you know I, I don't think I want to get that that goo on me that ectoplasmic <laughs> goo no thanks you know that reminds me of something um, John Michael Greer said I don't know if you're familiar with his books but um, I'm familiar with the man but I, yeah. I have unfortunately not I don't have any of his books other than the uh, pick tricks he did with Chris Warnock, the translation. Well, one of the things he, I'm sure you know, he has this blog or had this blog, the Archduid Report. And um, for a while he was doing kind of a series of articles about magic. And one of the things he wrote was that magic is like apricot jam. 
you can't avoid getting some of it on you. Like whatever yeah. you're, because you kind of use your body as an instrument essentially to kind of bridge these different levels of existence. It's it's not that there's necessarily, you know, like some karmic retribution if you make a, a destructive talisman or, or do, you know, harmful magic. It's just that it's flowing through you as well. I feel like sometimes I'm acting as kind of like a, a go-between. That's right. So it's, it's like a current is running not not directly through me and into the project, but I'm still, it's like, it's like kind of sticking your hand between two electrical conduits or something like that, you know? Like. I remember reading about these, um, this tradition of goldsmithing in Africa, which I'm sure you're probably familiar with, but, you know, I guess in a lot of these traditions, a lot of like goldsmithing um, has the longest tradition in, um, I think particularly Western Africa, and there I'm are, familiar with the, I believe they're called the Tuareg. Yeah, yeah, the Tuareg, right. And yeah. you like the, the rituals and the songs and like, you know, like during the whole goldsmithing process, you you invoke the spirits and you invoke the gods because what you're doing is, is very sacred. And so, oh, I was just going to ask if, um, can you share something about your chart you think that would make you particularly predisposed to being interested in magic? I, I always ask this of people because I... I have Jupiter and Pisces. I have... That alone might give me some... Uh, might predispose me to be interested in the metaphysical or the spiritual. I have uh, Venus in Scorpio and uh, Mercury in Scorpio. So I think Mercury in Scorpio is probably a big factor in my interest in the es esoteric and the occult and otherwise just kind of weird or hidden things. Mm -hmm. I have Mars in Pisces, so the the metal working that I do has that kind of there's there's a little something extra to mm -hmm. to the metal working that I'm doing with by bringing the astrological magic into it and with all that water too I, I feel like you know you get in touch with some of these kind of mythical themes and, and magical themes in, in your work probably whatever you you do you know if you weren't a goldsmith um, I think you'd still have some of those those overtones See, oh, there is an interesting story that I could share. Oh, yeah. It's uh, related to a, uh, mm -hmm. and it's interesting because people, I'm not sure what people always think a Mars talisman would be good for, or a malefic talisman <laughs> in general. I think right. that's kind of an interesting uh, topic. Uh, but I have one client who, I have permission from him to share this story, although I won't name him, but uh, he works uh, as a security detail at a, like, a medical facility, like a very large one. Um, and he commissioned a Mars and Scorpio talisman for me. It was a great election. It turned out well. I was happy with it. I got it to him, and uh, within a week, he he reported back to me that he was wearing it to work. He has Scorpio in, uh, on in the tenth house, Scorpio tenth house. Interesting that the the situation that arises happened at his workplace. Mm -hmm. But he was um, there. Are some underground tunnels apparently for whatever reason at this facility that he works at. And he was, um, he like busted some, some people who were in a restricted area, like having like clandestine meetings in this like tunnel area. And so he reported it to his uh, higher ups and uh, 
it turned out that it was ended up being very good for him. And he was able to expand security detail in that area. He was given more responsibility. I just think it's so fascinating when you think of uh, Mars and Scorpio and like Scorpio with like the kind of like underground tunnel. Yes. And a clandestine meeting with people <laughs> and him kind of like breaking in, disrupting it. And like, I just think that's that right. was such a good, such a great, uh, I don't know, it had all the it had all the right elements there. Like it was a perfect story. That's so interesting. I, yeah, I always wonder, you know, with the malefic talismans, like you get, you know, assuming it's a good malefic talisman in the sense that it, you know, it's, it's not afflictive and like the malefics are doing, you know, all the stuff they should be doing. Yeah. Even then, like they, there's always, you know, that you can't deny like the nature of Mars, right? I mean, he yeah. had an outlet for it in his job. Right. Uh, which helps, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely, and I think, I think with these malefic talismans, it's important to have an outlet, have some intention for it, because it's like, it's like holding a weapon. You know, I don't, I don't wear my Mars talismans all that often, actually. When I, but when I am doing metalworking, particularly the, the uh, like the smelting or not smelting, but uh, casting and soldering, yeah, I'll, I'll use it then occasionally. But uh, it's not something I, I just wear around. That's for sure. No, no, it's it's not yeah. a lighthearted kind of thing, right? Yeah, I actually don't wear all that many talismans, like I, because they're in my home, and I come, I'm kind of a hermit, to be honest, uh, for the <laughs> right. most part. Yeah. So like I have I have them in in their spaces yes. and they do their thing, you know, like right. I have planetary altars around the house. And yeah, they do their thing. It's great. That's right. They're working for you. You don't actually have to wear them unless, as you said, with your Venus talisman, you take them out. You know, you, you definitely don't have to wear them. You can just be in their vicinity and they're and they're doing their thing. Most definitely. Yeah. So thanks for, for talking with me today, Tony. Um, for those of you who are interested in Tony's work, you can find his work at TonyMacGoldsmith.com. And he also does a lot of work in conjunction with Sphere and Sundry, which is a um, it's another um, magical business that creates a lot of paraphernalia pertaining to magic that's also um, astrologically elected. And Tony's work is a part of a lot of those collections, including the Asclepios uh, talisman he had mentioned earlier. That about wraps it up for this episode of Magical Elections. My name is Nina Griffin, and I welcome your comments and questions. You can reach me at ninagriffin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you have a magical September.